0: Hey, you're listening to The Bridge Podcast, audio experience. Every week, we sit down and discuss topics of life and ministry with various guests to help us understand how we can bridge the gaps of these areas for the purposes of person and spiritual growth. Come hang out every Tuesday on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, and Facebook. Whenever or whatever you listen to our episode on. We hope this conversation is blessed, impact, and bring value to your life. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome again today to the Bridge Podcast. I'm one of your co hosts, Lou Micah, and I am so privileged to be online with you all. Now, whether you are tuning in through um, any kind of podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, uh, or you're tuning in uh, through any of our uh, social media accounts, we are so appreciative for the love and the support that you've been giving to the Bridge Podcast in our fourth season. We're so excited for um, what we're gonna be having today, and we have actually a very special guest with us, and not only a special guest, but a guest, um, a a uh, a co-host as well, who usually works in the background, but is going to be co-hosting alongside with me. Uh, Shout out to Aaron Miranda. And um, just want to say hi to the folks just before we introduce our guests.
0: What's up, guys? Um, Yeah, it's it's a privilege to be here with you all and uh, just excited to be a part of uh, this special episode. And yeah, just let's let's get get things going. Let's get it going,
1: let's get it going. And so without any further delay, um, aside from just sharing our content and liking it and just uh, being a part of this journey with us, uh, we want to introduce um, our very special guest today, and if I am pronouncing it correctly, we have Eleni Marie Young with hey us. Hey
2: guys!
1: Hey hey I'm hey! I'm so excited hey. to be
2: here. Thanks for having me.
1: And thank you for for allowing us to 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 be a part of your day and um, for carving some time out for us uh, out of your busy schedule. Um, I And without any further delay, can you tell us a little bit more about who is Eleni Marie Young?
2: Okay, I am a Greek, Métis, Canadian citizen. Born and raised here in the border city of Lloydminster, Alberta, slash I've been here my whole life. I did leave... For a small six-month period to go to boarding school but that is a whole nother episode for a whole nother time don't recommend boarding school
1: <laughs> oh my goodness um yeah. oh, boy. but other
2: than that i have been here my whole life i grew up um spending my summers in greece um and then also uh just in my <clears> family's <throat> restaurant so spent a lot of time there and um Yeah, I am an artist-slash-singer-songwriter, have been writing songs for my whole life, practically, Um, and I've been playing piano since I was three, and that doesn't make me amazing, it just means that I've been doing it a really long time. (laughs) I did quit lessons when I was 14, and I really haven't gone back. Um, And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of, in a nutshell... (laughs)
1: And, and you, 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 you dived in a little bit to uh, uh, the fact that you're of uh, Greek descent or Greek culture, uh, Métis as well. Um, just, for our, just for our folks uh, who are tuning in, can you share us a little bit of your linguistic background? Because there is just, just a beautiful rainbow right now that is painted of languages here.
2: Uh, yeah, so, well, I speak English. Obviously, that is my first language, but I did grow up in a French immersion school, and I also spent um, the summer of 2009 in France, so I speak both the Quebec French and the uh, France French, the Parisian French, um, and then, of course, I grew up with a Greek family, so... Um, It's not that they spoke a lot of greek around me but just being in greece every summer or most summers uh, i would pick up a little bit more here and there and then i went to greek school for one year of my life (laughs) where i learned like the alphabet and how to read and write and stuff like that um so if i'm immersed in a greek culture i can definitely pick it up and and i'd probably get by after like a week or two but uh, it, um, it's not something that I speak often enough to be fluent in it or anything, but I can, I can kind of understand right now. Um, but my main second language would definitely be French.
0: French, man. I, I remember when we first met in Edmonton, we, we had, there was a period where we spoke in French and people were like, you guys spoke French. And, you know, and, you know, like we, we have a lot of people that's, that, that listens, that tunes in from, from Quebec and, and um it's it's really interesting what, what uh to hear that they, they, they like they're saying that you're from a Métis background and kind of kind of give them like a quick up like kind kind of give our listeners a little bit of a a point a little point of view of what is like Because not only it's not only people listen tuning in from from Canada but it's also the United States. Can you so can you give a quick background of what is a Matisse? Yeah,
2: like, so Metis um is the union between an indigenous person and a French person. So way back in the day, my lineage goes back to a settler coming in from France in like the 1600s, I think, or maybe the 1700s, I'm not sure. Um, and somewhere along the line, this man and his lineage married um, an, indigenous, an indigenous woman that... Um, uh, and my grandfather was born, <laughs> so um, nice, nice. my grandfather is Métis, full Métis, which makes me a quarter um, Native, or right? a quarter Indigenous, quarter okay. and a quarter French. So I'm half Greek, quarter Native, quarter French, so something like that. But yeah, that's that's who I am. That's what makes me up. And um, it's interesting. There are a lot of talk there's a lot of talk right now about the indigenous community just especially with um, all the unmarked graves that have been found um, and the residential school stuff and it's interesting because I remember my grandfather talking about going to a residential school Uh, Mm. like I never asked him more about it as a child I I really wish that I did now Um, and he passed away last May a month before my dad passed away so um, just hearing about the stories that my grandfather told me often about having nuns as teachers. And um, I do remember him mentioning one time uh, that he, and I don't know if it was like a family member or a friend, um, but they were left outside in the winter for like a long period of time. So just hearing about that and knowing some of the things that he had endured and how that kind of led to... The reason that my dad ended up being the way he was, I I just kind of wonder if it all sort of lines up. Um, a lot of residential school survivors um, had become have become alcoholics, or um, were the product of a parent being an alcoholic or something like that. They've all just mm-hmm. been really negatively affected by residential schools. So mm-hmm. when my dad died of alcoholism in June of twenty twenty, I feel like it was sort of a lifetime of dealing with a dad who had dealt with some problems and and then himself dealing with some some issues that stemmed from that. Um, But yeah, so we come from a really interesting background. (laughs) Sometimes I don't think about it at all. I forget that I'm even Métis because my life revolves around a Greek restaurant and I'm just surrounded by my Greek family 24-7, for better or worse. Um, But then I remember that, like... I'm just as much metis as I am Greek. I just never right. think about right. it right for
0: sure
2: so for sure. um yeah
1: that's awesome thank you thank you for sharing that um it's 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 definitely a a, a current uh, current affair that um the country or the country of Canada is currently dealing with um and seeing how someone in the church is directly in, uh, uh, impacted by it through family connections and seeing how you have uh, have been dealing with it and just um, really surrendering it to the Lord and really um, having that approach of grace uh, and, and understanding the grace of God through it all, it's beautiful, it's really beautiful to see. And thank you for demonstrating that to us Eleni. Um, we, we wanted to um, talk a little bit uh, for you to talk to us a little bit more, also um, about your passion for music, and and how did you, how did that come about? You talked about your childhood a bit. Um, talk to us about where it began. Um, you know, how did you begin to write songs? Just give us a bit of details on that.
2: Okay, so um, taking it back to the beginning, um, as I had sort of made mention, I grew up in. The home of an alcoholic um he was very abusive he was um physically abusive very verbally abusive from the time i was really young i was called retarded and stupid and like worthless and just stuff like that um and a lot of it had to do with the fact that i think he saw a lot of himself in me like and i see the parallels i see that him and i do have similar triggers and similar personalities and the fact that we um, deal with a little bit of anger and we're just really spirited people. So I think for that reason, uh, even as I age, which is weird, I've always looked like my mom, but as I age, I'm noticing to even pull more of his traits, which is so weird because like... I know I'm half mom, half dad, but I've never ever aired on the side of dad. Everybody's like, whoa, are you and your mom sisters? Like or stuff like that, which is like a compliment to her. I don't know how I feel about it yet. But we get it all the time. So even today at like the pet store, this lady was like to my mom. She's like, Oh, your mom gets her her sheepdog groomed here. My mom's like, That's my daughter. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh That's boy. too far, <laughs> I I draw the line. But anyways, no. I've always looked like my mom. That so is, oh boy. <laughs> so as I age, I'm starting to see myself in him. And so anyways, as a young girl, we had a lot of the same personality traits, and I think he saw that in me. Um, and he was triggered maybe by some of the the things, the way that I the ways that I acted, um, which in turn was due to him being just extremely uh, abusive in physically and verbally. And so as a young girl, I developed a lot of anger. I was always very angry. Um, I would have blackout moments. I would see red and I would just lose my ever loving mind. Um, And without going into like a lot of detail, it just, that was from like the time I was young to the time I was about eight. He left when I was six and he drained our bank account. He took everything um and just went partying for like six months and when he came back, my mom took him back, which that was her bad, honestly. But anyways, um, from that time on, I was just trouble. I was troubled, you know, but not so bad. And then I was eight and I was sexually abused by a family member, and then that's when a lot of it started to really go downhill, like with my self esteem and just with my overall identity crisis that I was having. I mean, any eight year old girl suffers maybe not that young but at some point a girl really does deal with like who am i and where do i fit in and blah 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 but this was a a really young age to be dealing with that and i really didn't have the tools because all i knew was that i was retarded i was stupid um like i had some serious body image problems because of that and um as a result it kind of led me into a path of well it was a one-way path like it had no return and it was like drugs alcohol sex finding people that would maybe love me in whatever way that looked like sometimes it was most times it was the wrong crowds um sometimes it was a friend and we would have a really great friendship and then i would wreck it because i just didn't have the tools to be a good individual and so i went through a season of that uh in my teen years Um, But when I was eight, that same year where everything kind of went to shambles, my grandparents bought me a keyboard and this keyboard, I had always had this upright piano sitting in my living room forever. It's still in my current living room, Um, but I was never able to really play it and like without the whole house hearing. And I always wanted to play more piano, but didn't want like the embarrassment, the humiliation of everybody hearing what I was playing. Um, especially since my dad always made me feel like I was a scoundrel and literally could do nothing well, so <laughs> I had this keyboard now, and it could go in my room. I would play this keyboard until the cows came home. I would, if I was angry, I would go in there and I would bang on my piano. If I was happy, I would go in there and I'd play on my piano. Like it was just this this therapeutic place for me to find any kind of peace and. I wasn't getting that anywhere else, so that continued throughout my early teens, um, mid-teens. Uh, I had been writing a lot of poetry. I had been writing a lot of short stories, um, and at some point, the two just sort of amalgamated, and my poems had turned into songs. And I, it was about things like breakups and boys and how much I hate my life, and like some of them were like suicide letters. Like it was just like this really dark season of life that had manifested itself um through songs oh. i'm not proud of that but i mean it was just a season i was going through and um then i met my husband we were 16 and i'm not saying that he's saved my life by any means but he introduced me to jesus and i feel like that saved my life <laughs> mm. um
1: praise god come on now love it
2: yeah and uh honestly like from then until now, it feels sort of like a blur because it feels like he's always been around. and But then sometimes it feels like just yesterday when I didn't have any anyone, right? So um, I started to just, like, and there's so much in between. I mean, I'm leaving out this prophecy that was made over me when I was eight. I did grow up in a church, um, and this prophet came and prophesied over me in the middle of a sermon. and was just like, this woman, this young lady is going to be used mightily in the gift of language i did find out later that the language that he had referred to was music which is crazy because at the time as you now know um i had been in a french school i was surrounded by you know french metis people i was surrounded by greek people it was like language was just an obvious way that i would be used by god like if i had to be used by the lord it would be in language so to find out that it was to be used in the gift of music or the language of music it was really cool wow. um wow. yeah i I'm a popcorn talker. Like I'm in 17 different time zones right now, but um, I think I've covered my bases. Uh, Yeah. It's just always been there and it's never really failed me. Even though most people at that point in my life had failed me in big ways. um, It was just the one thing that remained constant. Music was always there. Music was peaceful. Music was, you know, if I needed to slam around on it, music was there. Uh, Even like in my teen years and partying, like it was always like a a song or music that would just bring me into a good place or a bad place, (laughs) depending on where I was at. Mm. And um, which, I mean, we can go into this on a whole different episode again, but like it just goes to show the power in music and it goes to show that it really does matter what you listen to. um, Because, you know, there's some songs that are just straight up demonic like if i listen to them now i'm like what was i thinking like i used to be really into heavy metal and like screamo music and i listen to them now and i'm just like yikes and even some like pretty mainstream poppy songs that were popular in my teen years i'm like this is like this is idolatry this is like pushing sin this is just such a sinful song and how was i okay with listening to it but it's music so it just goes in goes down so smooth and you don't really think about what you're taking in unless you're an analytical person like myself now who's like analyzing every song that comes through my house you know um Mm. i've had to stop like we went through a frozen phase don't judge me Um, and then i started to recognize some of the words that were in those songs and like even the movies itself like i cut off the movies i was like yeah those movies are a bit dark I don't want my kids dealing with magic. There's even a line in the second one that's like, it was like one of the troll guys. He's like, the most powerful spirits of all water, earth, air, and fire. And I was like, no, no, that's not. There's no snow. <laughs> so oh, I stopped, wow. we stopped watching those all together. But then I was, I would be like, okay, girls, we can listen to the soundtrack. Well, when you listen to the soundtrack, it's almost worse because they're taking the, the idolatry and the the straight up sin and like the the darkness that's in that movie and they're putting it into like a memorable melody for your child to be able to just sing over themselves all the time and so that's in all kinds of movies but frozen was like you know it's the best example because that's one that we're really dealing with right now my kids are like elsa songs and i'm like no not in this house not in this car not ever
1: (laughs) wow but that's an amazing stand
2: Well, I mean, I think that when you become aware um, spiritually of what enters your home, what you allow into your home, I think that it becomes pretty easy to start saying no to some things, even though it feels really weird to the world. Like I have my friends that are like, you're a psycho mom and you're sheltering your children. I'm like, I'm only sheltering them from darkness. Like, my bad. (laughs) Don't judge me for sheltering my kids from the evil spirits of this world that are penetrating our children's brains every five seconds you know so
1: right wow thank you thank you for sharing that that's amazing and it 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 goes to testament to um a lot of uh the the i guess the the lyrics behind some of your songs um i i was just before this recording we were talking about your um your song greater works uh, just, just letting you know how it's been such a huge encouragement for me, um, and just kind of going through the lyrics, um, you know, rise up and walk depression, rise and walk depression will flee. The ruler of darkness, get thee behind me. My healing is here. I claim victory all by the power of Jesus in me. Um, seeing that you, Im- you, you implicate the authority of Jesus, the power of Jesus in your music. Um, in defending your home, in protecting what enters your children's mind um I just want to know like uh, there's so much scripture behind your lyrics there's so much of the word of God and and there's such a beauty in in seeing that someone embraces the word of God in such a way and releases it so that people can hear it firsthand um can you can you explain to us just the process of you know, creating that song or any of the other songs that you've created, um, and how did you how you manage to get your music out? If you could just talk just a little bit about that process.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, greater works specifically. Um, it's interesting. It wasn't my favorite song I've ever written, <laughs> and it's oh, not. Wow. It's not that I don't like it. It's just like it's not my favorite. I wrote it. Um years ago you know several years ago now four or five and it was just like I wanted to write a song and this sounds carnal but it's not you got to hear my heart on this (laughs) I I wanted so badly to be an apostolic artist because I wanted to I wanted to be recognized okay I didn't want myself to be recognized as an artist per se but I wanted to to be in the apostolic artist realm. I just wanted to be there. And I, don't, I didn't know what it was really gonna take because the music that I wanted to record was different. And it wasn't necessarily like bop music. It was like some of the songs I've already released, like it's that kind of stuff. And so I thought to penetrate the market, I'm gonna need to give them a song that's very apostolic. And so I had this song, I had written it and it was a lot slower. Like I had written it like a ballad. <laughs> Which now, I'm like, the song would have never worked as a ballad. It needs to be, like, fast and jumpy and bumpy. Um, So I had this song sort of in my back pocket for a while. And um, I got connected with Joe Salamita um, from Vanquish in Florida. And, you know, the time was right. The Lord opened the door. And so I was just like, well, let's record this song. So we recorded it. And from the moment that we started recording it, I was just like, whoa, this song holds a lot more weight than I keep giving it, if that makes sense. It holds mm. authority, it holds power. And I just thought it was like a back pocket song that I wanted to use to maybe get into the apostolic realm. Um, Cause I didn't, I wasn't raised in this faith. I was new, I was a new face and and I had a testimony, but I didn't I didn't want to come out of the gate in that way. I wanted to start off like, okay, she's an apostolic <laughs> artist. She fits the mold. And there is a mold. Like apostolic music is very niche So I didn't want to break in with some weird stuff and people would never listen to me, honestly. And that's just like the carnal but marketing side of Eleni's brain. Um, mm. Amy would totally be on my team here. She's like, yes, <laughs> marketing. Um, and so I... The doors open, we started recording this song, and um, I couldn't get down to Florida to record vocals. So I hooked up with a friend here, and um, her and her husband have a little basement studio. And so I, we it worked out that I could go and, and record the vocals from here. And every time, and this is like, if Daryl and Jessica are listening, they will know and they'll be able to attest. Every time that I would sing the word Jesus, which that is in like a lot of the song, (laughs) the recording gear would stop working. It was crazy. It was so annoying. And
1: my goodness.
2: And it was like, I, I could sing like a full line that had no Jesus in it like 80 times. You know, we wanted to get the best cut, rise up and walk, depression will flee. I could do the whole bridge over and over and over and over again. But until... I said the name Jesus, or when I said the name Jesus, it would just stop working. It would just shut off. And like, I'd be in the little nah. session with my headphones and I'm like, it stopped again. And they're like, what is this? Like, what is wrong? And so it was weird. So in the middle of our recording session, we prayed. Like we were just like, the, what, Lord, whatever is happening in here, stop it. <laughs> Let this right. stop. This is horrible. And so as a result, I had to settle on basically all of the vocals for that song and I am a perfectionist I hate singing in the studio it is just not it doesn't feel personal it feels like you're very critical of yourself you hear the worst sound of yourself the whole time so it's just not my favorite experience um side note I um was talking to sister Mickey Mangan about this um this summer and she was like When I used to record in the studio, I used to cut out people out of a magazine and I'd put them in front of me so I could minister to those people. (laughs) I was like, I, that's okay. Um, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) But anyways, um, so we finally got it. It was great. But the, the takes just weren't the way I wanted them to be. And I just remember like getting in my car to leave like we listened through, we listened with Joe and Chris Hardy, who's the producer um, via like an audio mover or something. And they were like, okay, yeah, this is good. You know, this'll work. And I like, remember just feeling so, and like, I've grown up my whole life feeling rejected. So this was like the cherry on top. Like I was like, oh, like this was my one chance to get in with like vanquish studios and like get a song out into the apostolic artist realm and i totally blew it like i hate the way it sounds i hate my vocals and just like the way that everybody was kind of like okay wow this is good we can work with this instead of being like wow this is the best song ever you know because of that i felt like some weird rejection trauma coming back and so um they took it they worked magic and it sounded it sounds fine now but it was just like kind of hearing that um so they added some bgvs and even like the bgvs like certain people couldn't make it who i was really hoping would be on there they replaced them with other people and i loved how it worked out because i got melanie elms singing background vocals on my song which is insane i know like what kind of song has melanie elms as the bgv i don't understand but anyways (laughs) Like I will be her background vocals and my mic will be muted. I just want to be in the room with her. So um, it worked out and the song got out there. And so it was cool because um, I submitted the song to the NAYC Talent Search. So um, that was in 2017. I submitted it in like March, the North American Talent Search, NATS. And so I became one of the 12 finalists, and I recorded like an acoustic version in my, guitar, in my uh, living room with a guitar, just singing it like the way that I hoped it would sound. And I got selected as like a top 12-er to go and perform it at NYC. So I was like, on, this somebody. is sick. So um, we did it, and this is the funny part. Um, my friend Brandon Marin... Uh, did guitar for me on the stage there at NYC, and I totally bombed the performance. It was horrible, and I owe it all to just me having just like this insane stage fright, and like the fear was real. And the I think the worst thing about that was all of these people. Like, there's you know thirty-ish thousand people in this stadium, and like nobody's paying attention during Nats. Like everybody's like taking selfies with their friends. They're like. We haven't seen you in two years. Like, we gotta catch up. Like, that's like where you meet your buddies and there's like music in the background, but who cares about them? Like, we're just here to party, you know? And so, like, I think that for me was like another piece of rejection. And so, I'm singing this song that's full of authority and full of power. And like, it was great. And And it was just not being received. And so I took that as it being rejected, which is dumb, but that's where my brain was at. And honestly, like as somebody that's dealt with rejection her whole life, like that's just where I go, right? So um, I bombed it. It was horrible. I mean, the story goes that the next contestants after me were singing a song that I had written and the whole stadium like literally stopped what they were doing and just started to worship God. So it was beautiful and it was amazing. But um, just having such a fear. And that was in like the beginning, sorry, the beginning of August, end of July. And the song came out on August 8th. So I had like a week and that was my one chance to get like 30,000 people to go download my song when it came out. And that was my one chance and I totally blew it. So Mm -hmm. when it released, um, I, the streams were just slow and, and it's just like, You know, Britney Scott releases a song and it's like, I got 40,000 streams in one month. Praise the Lord. And I'm just like so happy for them because I'm like, yay. Like I love, I've added to those streams. I'm so happy for you. She's a dear friend of mine. And like, I'm so happy for them. But I'm just like, I want that too. But I never got that. And so it was really frustrating. And and I'm telling you as a human, I'm not telling you as like a spiritual person here. Um, It was sad and it was frustrating to be like, I've worked so hard. I've dealt with like so much pushback. Um, I've jumped hurdles. I've stumbled over hurdles to try and get this song out. And like, am I in the will of God? Because this Uh. feels like I'm not in the will of God. Like it feels like every door that I continue to try to walk through keeps like, I keep stubbing my toe. It's not like the door closes. It's that I keep running into it or something. Or like, so I went through the season after that song released where I was like, God, this stinks. I don't like any of this. Maybe I was never meant to be an artist, songwriter. Maybe I was just meant to, like, maybe write songs for other people to sing. Um, maybe I'm not cut out for this, and maybe this was you saying no the whole time, and I just totally pushed back and did it anyways, and my bad. Sorry, Lord. Um, and then, of course, long story again, very short, uh, I got a confirmation almost a year later. So it was, like, a year of me being like, God... I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I feel this call in my life, but also like maybe it's the devil calling me. Like who knows? Who knows? Um, And uh, so I got a confirmation almost a year later. And that was when I had written the song, My Stoning. And when I had sent it to Chris and Joe, um, they were like, this song is insane. And I was like, I know it was like, it was the Lord helped me write this song. It was a five minute, I think Aaron was there when I was telling the story about it at ladies' conference. It was just like this five-minute song where I just was in the presence of God, overwhelmed. And I had heard him audibly speak to me that night, and it was just insane. And I felt the Lord kind of give me a little hug, just saying like, yes, you're in my will, as long as you are you know, following in my footsteps. Like, here's the light. I'm only going to give you enough light for one or two steps. Don't feel like you need to know the whole thing. So... I was just going with the two, one or two steps that were visible in front of me. And the Lord, I felt like he blessed everything that I did. And so a year later, um, we recorded it. It took that long it's been, so it's been two years since greater works has been released. And I'm still feeling like if this was the will of God, it would have happened overnight. (laughs) Why is this not happening? Um, And the Lord reminded me over and over again about the the people that he's used in his word, you know, that took like lifetimes to get their promise. And most of them didn't even see it. So I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to keep trekking and we're going to do what we can do here on earth. And like, whatever, I'll fulfill my role and he can do with it what he pleases. So um, my stoning came out two years later and I felt like that was where I, where I, Felt like, the Lord. It's almost like, that need for acceptance that I had had from the beginning. It felt like it had actually happened. I that had been fulfilled when I released my stoning, because every time that the song would play, like Joe would have people in from Miami. He would have people in from the area, and he'd be like, "Listen to this song," and it was like a crappy demo that I had recorded on my voice notes at my piano it was very badly mixed like <laughs> there was nothing golden about it and he's like dude these people are like crying i was just like whoa this is wow, crazy praise god so, Amazing. it's amazing and it's like, glory to god because he's the one that honestly he wrote this song insanely well <laughs> give it to the lord so um that was where i felt like okay eleni you're on the right track you are doing my will and in the interim greater works started exploding. And it was like, they're singing it at general conference and churches in the Philippines are singing it, like, which was really cool. And they, there was like a kid's choir at North Little Rock, Pentecost, that one, that one church with the big angel, first Pentecostal church of North Little Rock. They had um, they had a kid's choir do it. They Like, it was really cool to see all these ways that the Lord had carried greater works, but it just took a minute, you know? Now, I think it's almost at a hundred thousand streams, which still isn't that much in stream world, but like it's amazing to see that it's gotten there. you know what I mean Absolutely. um so yeah, that's the story of greater works and uh it's-
0: praise God, praise God um, and your your music is amazing, no doubt about it, and you you you're being used of god and Every, every, every song that's being released, it's, it's a, it's a very powerful song. I just listened to As You Are actually today. And, and it was just very, very impactful in my life. And just, it's been a blessing, it's been a blessing during, and also for all my university students that are doing midterms right now, keep on going, you're doing all right. And just listening to that song As You Are and during a period where it's uh, very stressful with school, it's, it just encouraged me to keep on going and keep on moving and, and just keep and keep on serving God no matter how hard it is and just be who you are and we just want to let you know that you are you're making an impact in the kingdom of God you're making an impact for um many many young people not only not only myself Lou Micah, but people that you may not even heard of and you know, people are people are talking about you front in Montreal. People are talking about you in Toronto. People are talking about you in New York City. People are talking about you in St. Louis, and that is just a blessing to know that there's people supporting you. And there's people that are listening to your music. They would rather listen to your music than than other other artists that are that are not uh, pleasing unto the Lord. And but I kind of just want to shift this this topic real quick if we can and. And you know we, we talk about your music, we talk about what you do for how your music comes into play, but like you you you're involved in ministry at your local church and you have your own family you you have a beautiful beautiful kid husband. how do you balance um your ministry with with your at your local church how do you balance your family life? how do you balance uh working at the same time and music and you, you, have, you have like five to six different things you juggle with and tell us how you how you just uh incorporate all of that
2: yeah that is such a loaded question because i wear so many hats sometimes that it feels like i'm gonna topple over <laughs> um <laughs> no worries. No it worries. just feels no worries. like i haven't really found a lot of balance uh i think that balance is fake <laughs> i think it's a myth I don't think it's real. I have not met one person in my lifetime that actually has perfected balance. So I'm certain that it doesn't exist, but change my mind. Um, <laughs> some days are amazing and some days are really, really hard. Um, during COVID, obvious, obviously our restaurant uh, put, put me through like the most stress that I've ever been in in my entire life and it manifested itself i allowed it to manifest itself in my physical body in my emotions (laughs) in my mental state like and this the the key word here is i allowed it like i don't recall in the middle of covid or sorry at the start of covid when all of this was starting to take a toll on me like i would say april may of 2020 i don't recall ever just being like well lord it's in your hands. I You will supply every need. Like I don't ever recall doing that until later on in COVID because my brain just wasn't there. It was like, okay, everything that was like Jesus related was church. Okay. How are we going to be able to get the the music sounding great on the live? How can we get pastor to like preach less than 45 minutes so that we can condense it into like, okay, how are we going to be able to, how can the kids be engaged in Sunday school? If they don't have Sunday school, how are the kids I'm concerned about my children and, like, how how they're going to spiritually be able to walk with the Lord without Sunday school. Like, so dumb. But it was, like, the first few months of COVID was really, really, really hard. And I think that now I'm starting to, like, find a little bit more balance, if you want to call it that. Ah. Because... Um later on, I decided, okay, I have to stop worrying so much. I have to stop stressing out so much. And I have to give it to God because he is in control of everything. He's in control of COVID, believe it or not. Like he sets up who he does. He takes down who he does. He has got this whole thing in his hand. And he's got my business in his hand. He's got my family in his hands. He's got all this stuff in his hands. So why am I putting so much mental exhaustion towards something that I am completely out of control with in so it wasn't until later on that I was like okay um I'm gonna stop stressing out so much but in that small period of time I think that our everybody that was attached to me felt a heaviness which is sad and I will be the first to admit that I like I take the blame for that because up until that point I would be the source of not me but the spirit inside of me would be the source of peace for a lot of my friends i they would be i would be the source mm-hmm. of joy it would be like as i carry the holy ghost with me through every situation in life i was the one that would bring encouragement in the room of a friend who's suffering with something like i was that person and then all of a sudden with the snap of a finger i became the source of heaviness for people and it was like people would come up to me and say oh eleni um How's the restaurant? And instead of being like, oh, God's got it. We're doing all right. It's like, I don't really know what we're going to do. <laughs> and and so um, I'm finally back into that groove of like, okay, God is here. God is with us. God is around us. And he's taking care of us. And um, a lot of that had to do with just getting back into my daily prayer routine that looks different every single day. <laughs> um but uh, it to, to answer your question in a full, wholehearted way, it's hard to know how I can do all of that without the Holy Ghost living inside of me and directing my steps and giving me the strength every single morning to be able to just say, okay, I have no control over what people are going to do to me, say to me how they're going to treat me. I have no control over the weather. I have no control over whether my car starts or not. I'm not a name it and claim it, sister. So I'm not going to be like claiming all this magical fairy dust on my life when I wake up every morning. The only thing that I can do is say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will make the decision to rejoice and I will make the decision to be glad in it. And as a result, like from shifting from that place into this place, I've noticed that everything else has sort of just found its place. not saying it's balance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I've found that... um, I don't necessarily need to um, escape my normal life the way that I used to be able to escape it or need to escape it. Oftentimes, I would come home pre COVID, early COVID, but pre COVID, I'd come home after like a long day, even just like, okay, I put the kids to bed. My husband is asleep because he has to work in the morning. And I'm just like, I need to go and bang on my piano. I need to go and like release some steam on the piano. It's like worship. It's banging the keys. It's like whatever. And that was like my go-to, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'm finding like, okay, the moments that I spend with the Lord every day and sometimes it's like little bits during the day. Sometimes it's a good chunk at one moment, you know, and it's just um, I feel like having that time has leveled everything off where I don't need to escape anything. It's just all there and it's all doing really well. And so balancing all that stuff for me, looks like just getting in line with the Lord and having a conversation with him during the day and in all kinds of ways. But, you know, having that one moment a day where I'm in prayer and I'm saying, Lord, help me guide my steps, direct me, do whatever you got to do. To have me in your will, to bless the people around me, to be a great mom, to be a great wife, to be a good dog mom in Jesus name, (laughs) (laughs) to be a good employer and business owner, to make wise decisions, like things like that. And I honestly feel like the Holy Ghost has done all that and more for me in this season. Um, So, yeah, it's a balancing act, but it doesn't always uh, look the way that you might think.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you for sum- summing that up for us, Eleni. Um, we we see that in the different seasons that God has brought you through, that His grace and His favor has been present for those respective seasons, and in every time He's been there. Um, and I think that's that's a testament to what um, one of my mentors had been telling me is you know, whatever season God has placed you in, live in rhythm with that season. And, uh, you, you, awesome. you, you literally are, uh, saying that and, and, um, expressing that there is no such thing as that balance. Uh, maybe there's an appearance of it, but in reality it's, it's, you're just kind of going with, you know, if, if the kids need a bit more attention, then that's what you're doing. If, if it's the restaurant, that's what you're doing. Um, and so that's amazing. Thank you for confirming that. That's that's beautiful. Um, I will say
2: though, thanks to like my husband and myself, we have a dual income home, which is amazing, and we are thankful for that opportunity. Um, but mm-hmm. my husband always makes it a point, like every month, and this is like just basic information that maybe isn't necessary, but like he puts a chunk of our money into a savings account for my music every month so that when the time is right you know we can make more music and release more music and i feel like when i put music out it feels like almost a sense of it's like a sense of joy for me that doesn't happen any other way in this world i love the process of working on music i love and like i'm in canada my producers in maryland and my my engineer is in Florida. So we have a group chat and we're always like sending voice notes back and (laughs) forth. We're sending, you know, Dropbox folders. You get to hear the progress. And I feel like that as I'm, I'm sort of constantly working on something. Um, and I feel like that is maybe a little bit of reprieve in all of this stuff because it's like, okay, um, being a mom was hard today. Being a restaurant owner was really hard today. Being a wife was really difficult today. Um, being a dog mom was pleasant as always. But the one thing that is keeping me grounded in this season is like, okay, the Lord has put this calling on my life and I get to fulfill that calling, whatever that looks mm. like. So right now I'm like, you know, okay, Joe, um, message me with a, a voice or, um, A demo of like the next step okay we got a choir on the song take a listen and it's like this is amazing and it's so cool so I got to go down to the studio in June and record vocals for six songs and so we're working on them now as um like as time and money permits it's just kind of like okay it's time for another song and so um the next one that we have coming out is with Nathan and Rachel French and it is, what? like, listening to oh, them.
0: Oh, boy. And you heard it, it here first, it first, first. You heard it yeah, here it first. Right here on the Bridge podcast. Let's on go. we're all the <laughs> listeners. You're,
2: you're,
0: you're tuning in the right time.
2: Wow. Oh, boy. So, um, just hearing, like, they laid their vocals in uh, July. And so, like, listening to what they've done with it, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. And, like, it's so cool to get to hear that stuff. So, Um, I will say like even when things are kind of rocky and just tough, difficult, not super fun, um, at least I have something like that in terms of like, okay, I'm pursuing the calling that's on my life. I'm actively pursuing it. I'm not just like hoping that it works out. Um, And I feel like that is um, an amazing source of joy for me these days.
1: (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you for... Um, Expressing that I was that was literally I was about to ask you next what was what's what's the next thing that's coming out uh, for you, Uh, but for the lack of time that I'm so sad about. um, There's there's no 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 but it's great. You literally were able to through your popcorn method, uh, you were able to touch on the different (laughs) topics that we wanted to talk to you today. So it's phenomenal. Thank you. Um, But but just to kind of wrap things up because we could seriously have a part two to this episode because there's a lot of testimony. There's a lot of that, um, uh, coming out of the darkness into his marvelous light, uh, out of the story that you're sharing. And it's so rich. And I know what content you've delivered to today is already going to encourage so many young people and so many people tuning in. Um, mm-hmm. but just to wrap, amen. And, and, but, but just to wrap things up, uh, for today's podcast, um, What's just, in a, in a few words, can you, how can you encourage a, um, a, a young person, uh, maybe that's going through a certain season of their life, uh, and they need that, that sort of direction? What encouragement would you give? Um, and then maybe give us a little bit of the location of your restaurant, um, just, cause, just so we can visit you in Lloydminster. Um, one day when, when my wife and I, I, I got to introduce you to my wife. Um, her name is Lexa. And, uh, we want to go, uh, to Banff one day. And so you're not too far off. So we'll, 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 have to do the drive, but, uh, uh, give it, maybe give us details of your restaurant and then hop into that word of encouragement. If you're okay with that.
2: Sure. So we are, um, we've been in business for 50 years, 52, maybe wow. this year now. Uh, 50 so years. Yeah. That's it's amazing. really cool. That's it's amazing. really cool. Started by my grandparents. Um, they were in Saskatoon, so they moved from Greece very long story to Saskatoon. And then they moved when there was a restaurant opportunity in Lloyd Minster, they moved to Lloyd and started a restaurant. And so they've been in the the restaurant industry for 52 years in Lloyd Minster. This, uh, I guess 52, 51 and a half years. So, um, we do have like, so about 40 years ago, my grandfather made, um, a sauce and a dressing. And so part of the past couple years has been trying to get that, uh, up off the ground. We are famous for it in the area, but I wanted to um, expand the area and go across Canada. So um, we have secret sauce and Greek dressing available on our website at Spiros.shop and, or just Spiros.ca. And you can get your hands on that. We have $7 flat rate shipping. But if you are listening to this on the Bridge Podcast, or if you're listening to the Bridge Podcast right now and you are hearing yes, me say ma'am. this, yes, ma'am. Uh, you send. Hello at Spiros.ca an email, and I will hook you up with the free shipping, but you got to email me first. I have no oh, clue. Let's you go. <laughs> you ordered it here Y'all first. heard it right here. <laughs> you heard, right heard it right here. If you want that hookup, you got you to gotta really to send,
1: send, send that email. Send that email. Yes.
2: Yep, that's yes, hello man. at Spiros.ca, and you let me know. You're like, I found you from the bridge. Okay, I'll hook you up with a discount. <laughs> wow.
0: Yes. Wow. Yes. so yeah it's really great
2: stuff it's like it's becoming like pretty famous we are we can hardly keep up with orders which is awesome i had to hire somebody to just be like an extension of myself um but it's been really awesome so the lord's been really faithful in that for sure
1: Praise God.
2: and then um a word of encouragement so i have just there's all these similar words of encouragement around that say the same thing and it says trust the process trust the journey and it's not that i disagree but i think your journey and your process are only um there because god is guiding you and guiding your steps and so what i would say is put your trust in god to light Mm. the way for you um furthermore go through your bible and read from cover to cover all the times that the lord has called someone and used them and know that for face value, it might look like somebody just got you know famous overnight doing apostolic music or whatever. Like I mean, look at Victor Brother Victor Jackson. He basically became an overnight sensation thanks to NAYC twenty seventeen.
0: Yeah,
2: twenty seventeen. Um, and it's like it's funny because there's becoming a celebrity culture in the apostolic movement and i want to just like rebuke that in jesus name because we are not called to worship people we are called to worship god so look you can look at those people for encouragement and for inspiration but just know that they went through a hard season they went Mm -hmm. through a trust season they went through a waiting season to get where they're at and so go through your bible cover to cover, and read all the times that God chose people, called them, equipped them, and then put them to a mission because there was a lot of time in between all of those things. And so um, just know that the Lord is always here and he's always with you, even though he might seem silent sometimes. But the, the process and the journey are just things that are God-made, but they're man-made. The word process, the the word journey. They say trust the process, trust the journey. Don't put your your trust and your hope in a process. And definitely don't put your trust and your hope in a journey. Put your trust Mm -hmm. and your hope in the Lord because he guides your steps, he directs your path and he holds the lamp onto your feet with his word Mm -hmm. using obviously the examples that I've mentioned from the word of where God has called people. Look at those people and take it one step at a time. Don't look too far ahead. Don't try to look far ahead because that is just, that's the celebrity culture that we're living in. And you need mm-hmm. to stop thinking that way.
1: <laughs> wow, wow.
2: Anyways, that's a lot. But I hope Amen. that translated in the way it did in my head.
1: It's, it, it was well said. And uh, this, is oh. so, this is so true. Um, our, we, we glory uh, uh, too often in people and refocusing our eyes upon Jesus is the sole, the sole focus we ought to do. And as a generation of young people that are looking, that maybe our, but maybe pop culture and how social media displays it, um, displays and puts people on pedestals uh, and, 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 and glorifies them, uh, that infiltration in the church has got to stop. And I agree with you wholeheartedly um, we need servants. We need servants in the kingdom of God that are willing yes, to be conduits we do. We do. Of, of of the Spirit. And you, all, we are privileged to be in communication with a conduit of, of the Spirit of God through you, Sister Eleni. And, and we're, we're, we're so privileged for this time that you've offered us tonight. I, again, we're so sorry that um, we, we have to cut this short. no. No. We, we we wish we can give you more and and give you a lot more time, um, and listen. This is I think this is the best way to keep our listeners listening, to keep them wanting mm. for more. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But on that note, tonight we say uh, uh, this this moment. Uh, whether you're watching on your morning drive, whether you're on your jog or hanging out with friends, listening to the Bridge Podcast, we are so grateful for. Uh, our guest again, uh, Eleni Marie Young. You can check her out on all social media platforms. Available and download her music and support. Um, yes, another apostolic artist. I could say that, but yeah. I also want. I, I want. I need to highlight tonight a servant of Almighty God, uh, being used in Lloyd Minster. Uh, maybe a, a place that you maybe never have heard of in your entire life, but please lift up Lloydminster in prayer. Lift up their mm-hmm. church in prayer. It is a local community church that is renting out a, a chapel and that need a building, that need a facility uh, uh, to to continue the growth that God is doing. Um, and and hearing uh, uh, Sister Eleni's burden for that, it it, it it's it's contagious. It, you just got to get on board with what God is doing in your life, um, and that is what and that's what we're here to encourage our listeners at the Bridge Podcast. It's been a ple- pleasure to be here tonight with uh, Aaron Miranda, my co-host, who's done a phenomenal job. Uh, Thanks,
0: guys. Thank you, guys.
1: And uh, until next time, remember to to check us out for all of our content in the season four that we have the privilege of tuning in again. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful time. And thank you for tuning in to The Bridge Podcast. God bless.